How do you do, neighbor? It's Bree and Spirits time once again. The boys have gathered around, and they're ready for you. So join in, make comments, and study with the guys as they try to study as the Bereans did in Acts chapter 17. And now, here's the guys. Welcome back to another episode of Berean Spirits on this beautiful but chilly Thursday morning. My name is Chris Peltz. I'm the evangelist who works with the Southside Church of Christ in Springfield, Missouri. We've got Josh Thornhill with the Brookmead Church of Christ over in Johnson, Tennessee. Josh, are you still there, my brother? I'm okay. I'm good. No, I'm just kidding. It's not that cold. But yeah, I'm good. I'm good. It is chilly outside, though. But You sound creepy, man. All right. Moving on. Richard Dodson with the Kearney Church of Christ up in Kearney, Missouri. How you doing, Rich? Doing very well, thank you. Awesome. I'm glad to hear that. Cold up there? Uh, yeah, you know, I was thinking this morning I had to get out, and I thought, uh, well, I guess winter's here. Yeah. Because uh, it's been in the 20s now for some time. So, yeah, I guess uh, I guess I just better get used to the cold. Yep. Yeah, pretty much. That's that's about the way it goes. It happens every year, don't it? I got my plants that I wanted to uh, keep alive. I got them in the house. So hopefully I'll be able to keep them alive until spring. Yeah. And uh, then put them back out again. Start the whole thing all over. There you go. Yeah. A man with a plan. Yeah. Uh, you know, it's, 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 uh, winter time gets kind of depressing. So seeing your plants in the house can kind of, you know, it kind of keeps you thinking about uh, warmer weather. Yeah. Actually, you know what? That reminds me, Josh, of an illustration you actually have, because here's Richard talking about, this is what he's got. He, he's actually doing things looking forward to the future. And that kind of goes into our study today of, of developing leaders. But you've got a perfect illustration of, of some of the problems we have right now with developing leaders. Yeah, and I think, I think some of it stems from what we hear a lot about toxic masculinity. Um, a lot of our society wants to... Um, I've actually seen protest signs uh, that are trying to tear down the the patriarchy, as they put it. And I can't say what uh, the signs actually said because they were that inappropriate. But um, one of the things that I think that concept breeds is just the fact that men tend to be timid or even aimless uh, I, I heard from a, a guy who was a school teacher uh, and he talks about how there's been a change in the public school systems within the last 10 years or so um, due to the the ultra liberal agenda but his point was you know at the end of the last day of school when they don't have anything to do and the kids are kind of off to themselves he said he could walk up to the girls and he could ask them, so what are y'all doing this summer? And they would have, well, I'm going to do this and I've got this planned and, and I'm going to do that and I'm gonna, I've got this. And then you go over to the guys and the guys are just kind of like, oh, 
I'm just gonna hang out with my mm. friends. I don't know. <laughs> and he was emphasizing the aimlessness of the young men and how that's a problem and how that's a danger. And I think the 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 you know, kind of to Richard's point, he's got a plan, he's got a purpose, he's got something that he's working towards. A lot of young people don't have that anymore. And they they're just kind of aimless in, in what they're doing. And that's a problem because if you're not working towards anything, you're not getting anywhere. And I think that's especially a problem because we are expected to grow and to mature in Christ and to be leaders for our family and then later on to be leaders for the Lord's people. And if we're not aiming for anything, if we're aiming for nothing, we're going to hit it every time. So, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it's, um, you know, it, there's an old song, you know, I'm uh, living up to her low expectations. I, and that's a lot of times, you know, we set such low expectations that, yeah, we, we can we can reach that. But, you know, we uh, we don't have an aim, really a, a goal. And and probably to lead up to the idea of leadership. First of all, we have to understand growth in and of itself, right? That has to be a goal that we have. And I think that's something that is stressed. Second Peter chapter three, verse 18, grow in the not grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior Christ Jesus. Um, you know, you've got Paul in Philippians in uh, chapter three, talking about how, you know, not looking back, but reaching forward, right? H having a goal, having a purpose in mind and striving for that purpose, understanding that as long as there's life, there's uh, th there's not only hope, but there's purpose and and growth that can be had. And so we we strive for that, and we are to look forward to what is ahead and and make that preparation. And so, just overall. Um, you know, I mean, we're to be babes in Christ, desiring the pure milk of the world, but but eventually solid food. All of that is that process, really, that we need to be stressing. And, and I think if we can get that across more than anything else, what will happen is what we're kind of you know, trying to lead to in our program today is developing those who help lead others in that same direction. Mm -hmm. Richard? No. Yeah. <laughs> All right, folks. We appreciate everybody tuning in and listening today. <laughs> well, I, I was just thinking about uh, that's scary. You know, when I was a, a young man, I mean, I probably was like a lot of young men. I was, I was thinking about Josh's little point that he made, and, and how uh, I, when he was making that, I was thinking about a boat at sea without a rudder. And it's just going to get tossed to uh, wherever it goes by the currents. And, you know, young people, and I, I, I would include myself in this back when I was younger. Oh, yeah, back then maybe, not now. <laughs> no, not now. Definitely not now. But back then, you know, I, I didn't really think about uh, the future. I thought about the day and, you know, what I could do that day. And, uh, there were some thoughts behind me, you know, about, uh, the future. I had people who were telling me that someday I would get older and I need to do this and I need to do that and plan on being older, but it, it just wasn't a reality. It, it didn't seem real to me. 
And uh, I remember my 30th birthday, and they, they had a surprise birthday for me, and and they put a big 3-0 on the wall, and and I just couldn't believe I was 30. And now I'm getting ready to turn 60. And it's like, wow. You know, I, I'm... I've, I've arrived. <laughs> I'm there. And it was something that never seemed real to me. It actually happened. My grandfather told me someday I'd be older. Uh, my parents told me someday I'd be older. Well, here I am. I'm older now. And uh, so, I mean, when you guys are talking about that, and I think back to myself when I was younger, what did I need? You know, I was reminded and and I was told certain things. Uh, probably what I needed was a little bit uh, more of a uh, maybe a kick in the pants or something to think a little bit more about the things I needed to be thinking about. Because you think about how important it is to be uh, training people to be leaders, and to you know Eli. You know, in, in uh, First Kings, you know, he was reprimanded because of uh, he didn't uh, restrain his two sons. And so there is a need for leadership, but it's really difficult to instill that in someone who doesn't understand that they're going to be old someday. It's just not a reality. And, and so there is a real strong need for trainers or teachers in that regard. So, you know, if you're asking me what my first response is to open up the discussion, that's my first response is that there has to be some way to communicate the need for the future in the hearts of those who just don't understand that there is a future. I mean, they're just, they, they see it. They, they've been told it's true but they don't have any actual understanding of it. And, uh, and so that, that has to be communicated somehow, some way reminded, brought to, brought to bear, brought to light so that uh, perhaps we can develop leaders. Uh, and of course, when we're talking about developing leaders, we're talking about young people making a decision that uh, they're, they're going to want to live their life this way. Yeah. You know, I, I think about uh, Christ and his three years of, of preaching and preparing the apostles. And look at the difficulties and the struggles he went through with those, with those, those men. And, and what was he doing? What, he was doing this very thing that we're talking about. He was preparing them uh, not only for the fact that he was the Messiah, that he, this is what their the law was all pointing to the prophets had all been pointing to. It was that time the, the Messiah had come, but it got to the point, Matthew chapter 16, verse 20, 21, where, you know, from this time forward, he began to uh, tell them he must go to Jerusalem and suffer many things of the, the chief priests and Jews and even be put to death, it, which is when Peter's like, no, 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 no. You know, that, that we wouldn't let that happen to you. And even in John 14, in, in John 14, John 15, and John 16, I mean, that's what Jesus was doing, was preparing them for what was about to happen and what they were going to have to do next. And they they didn't want they were scared, right? And, and he just w- was persistent. 
And sometimes looking ahead at that very thing, it is a scary thing. It, it, it can be scary. It, you know, it can be seemingly da a daunting task to think about what we're going to do in the future. And, and, uh, but nevertheless, it, it needs to be pointed out and, and we need to direct our, you know, the younger folks to the fact that, uh, you know, we do need to be looking ahead if to nothing else, the fact that after this life, uh, regardless of when it may end sooner than later, for some later than, you know, sooner for others, uh, that, you know, that's what we're preparing for. In Acts chapter one, even, you know, at, after Jesus was resurrected, now he's ready. He's getting ready to go up to heaven, be with the father. They still, his disciples, they still are asking, is that at this time you're going to restore the kingdom back to Israel? Uh, they, they didn't understand. And so you're exactly right. I mean, he, he was trying to bring them along. And I think that's what's really important is with the youth. Uh, we need people who are going to help bring us along. And, uh, and of course, you know, with the Lord behind that, uh, if, if he's got uh, uh, some help, uh, if, if we're willing to help the Lord in that, and then there's, there's a willing heart to listen to what the Lord has to say, then good things can be accomplished. Yeah. But uh, until that takes place, though, uh, nothing can be done. But there, there has to be, there has to be a willing heart, and there, there has to obviously there has to be a little bit of faith in, in the the one who is is offering that advice. In other words, that young person has to have some kind of belief in the one who is trying to teach him, and so that that behooves the teacher to make sure that he is credible in the eyes of the youth. And that could be your child. Uh, that could be uh, uh, just a young person that you go to church with, but uh, you need to be credible so that that person can trust in you because you're telling them about something they've never been. They don't understand it. They haven't experienced it. You know, this is, this is going to be a walk of faith for them. And so, you know, they're, they're going to, they're going to need to believe in something. And if you, you don't have any credibility, what are they going to believe in? Mm -hmm. you know, they're not going to listen to you. Um, I don't know if you just cut out or uh, if you stopped Richard, but it's something happened with your mic. Uh, no, can you hear me now? Oh, yep. Sure. Hear you now. Yeah. All right. uh, but, but very quickly, a lot of that in, and in, uh, in the, I'll throw it to Josh unless you have something else after this, Richard, but mm -hmm. patience, right? I, it's going to take patience in developing leaders. We we can't just simply say these things. You know, even the Lord demonstrated and showed patience. He was firm, but he but he was patient in bringing them along and and trying to develop them as leaders. Um, you know, people say that children are our future, and, and you know, I, I want to be careful with that in one respect because sometimes. We don't rely on evangelism for local churches. We just look at and say, oh, the, the children are the future of our churches. And that may be true in one sense, but evangelism is the future of the church. I mean, that's that's what we're to do is convert people. But at the same time, it's going to take patience, um, firmness, uncompromising, but compassion, 
uh, gentleness, all of those things are going to work together in trying to develop, you know, um, leaders in within the local church. Well, that's why Timothy was told to, First Timothy two two, you know, teach the word of God so that you can develop teachers. Yeah, commit these uh, things to faithful people that they can go out and teach others also. So that's what uh, that's what preachers need to be doing, and not just preachers, uh, older Christians. Uh, you know, those who know better need to be teaching this to the younger people. And then like Timothy, you know, he was told to be live his life in such a way as to be an example. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, you know, that's, that's where the credibility comes in. So it's very, very important that uh, uh, if we want to develop leaders for tomorrow, that the leaders of today make sure they're credible. So, Josh, before I throw it to you, I just want to remind folks, if they want to join the conversation, they have something they want to comment on, be sure and do so in the comment section, whether you're listening or watching on YouTube or on Facebook, you can leave a comment, and the guys will be paying attention to that and keeping up with those as well. We appreciate everyone who does that and shares it out. And also remember, you can get this uh, later. Uh, Richard posts this on uh, Spotify, Google Podcasts, uh, so if you uh, love uh, listening to podcasts, be sure and search for Brian Spirits on uh, Spotify or Google uh, Podcasts as well. Uh, so I uh, just wanted to throw that out there also. So go ahead, John. Well, hang on. I do want to say good morning to Marty Harris and Rita. They always watch. and We Absolutely. appreciate their watching, and they're always on. So yeah. we do appreciate that. I want to say good morning. They told us good morning. I want to wish that to them. And then uh, say a, a howdy-do to – if I say this right, Yvonne Jesse, Yvonne Jesse, if I say your name right, uh, greetings from the Central Church of Christ in Hyderabad, India. Okay, awesome. Yeah, good to have folks listening all around the world. Man, that's awesome. That's really yeah. So, All right, Josh. Um, to your point about patience, uh, I think that's a key because you think about raising children, it's it it you you have them eighteen years, and it's not like just in, in three months you teach them everything they need to know, and then you just kind of babysit them for the rest of your time. No, you're training them over the time that they're in your home, and it's a constant process, and it requires that patience and time for that to come into play. And I think that's a key as far as the church is concerned. It's not something that we're going to preach one lesson, then all of a sudden everything's going to be fine again. It's going to be require constant work and attention and care. And I think that's the point that Paul would make in Titus chapter 2 when he urges the older women and the older men to encourage the younger women and the younger men, respectively. Um, he talks about the older women teaching or encouraging the young women to love their husbands, love their children, uh, to be sensible, pure, workers at home, kind, subject to their husbands, so the word wouldn't be dishonored. And then he says to men, urge the young men to be sensible and all things show yourself to be example to good deeds with purity and doctrine, dignified, sound in speech. That's not going to happen in just one conversation. Mm-hmm. That's a relationship that exists where you're continually instilling these values and these truths within the younger generation. And, you know, I think one of the problems that we have would kind of be a lack of foresight 
because we, you know, we kind of start looking around and we say, oh, hey, that guy's 65. Why don't we make him an elder? Um, he might be qualified to be an elder. I'm not saying anything against that. But my point is, are we actively pursuing that for the future? You know, certainly we would all agree that we need more preachers to stand up in the pulpits and, and proclaim the word of God. Faithful preachers, let me qualify that. Uh, we need more faithful men to stand up and proclaim the word of God. But what we have even a greater shortage of is shepherds. Yeah. So many churches are lacking good quality leadership, faithful leadership. And that starts when children are young. Because we need to be teaching our kids the minute they come out from the water, training them to be elders. And I'm going to tell you what, if you train your young men from the very beginning that they need to be elders, it's going to affect their life because it's going to affect who they marry and it's going to affect how they raise their kids. I mean, that's a tremendous impact that you're placing upon these young people by just giving them a, an end goal to be a shepherd of the Lord's people. Because a lot of people mess their lives up because they don't have that understanding or that goal or that idea in mind. And so they make foolish decisions regarding who they marry or regarding who they, uh, how they raise their children. And then they end up 60, 60 years old and they're not qualified at all to be an elder because of that aimlessness like we talked about. And so I think we need to be spending more time with our young folks. Older people need to be spending time with the young men and young women of their congregation and to be building relationships with them and to train them up so that they're ready. You know, and I, I think part of the problem there is young people are, are resistant. And that's, again, where patience is going to come in. Um, there's a, a lady, uh, she's somebody that's quite dear to me. She's um, kind of a second grandparent, kind of. And I've spent some time with her and her husband. And, and I remember her telling me about going to some of the younger ladies at church and trying to uh, to share some of the values with them. And I think in, in some cases, she's kind of trying to apply some kind of cultural things. But at the end of the day, there is some biblical principles that she's trying to instill within the younger folks. And at the end of the day, she's kind of looked at that as that weird old lady, you know, that, that weird lady that's just trying to, to shove her opinion on people. Well, no, that's not the case. She's trying to do what Titus two tells her to do. And as young people, we need to, you know, Paul says in, not Paul, but David says in second uh, Psalm 35 and verse Psalm 37 and verse 25, I've been young and now I'm old, yet I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Well, the young people, they need to realize they haven't been old yet. And there's a lot of perspective that they don't have. That the older folks have, and they need to learn to value that older perspective, value that wisdom that the older people have. And I know it's hard because the young people know everything. But we need to we need to take seriously that opportunity that we have to instill wisdom within young people if they'll listen, so that we can have a a solid group of, of faithful people and leaders when the uh, 
when they grow and become older. Yeah. Uh, and that's, it's so important for, uh, for us to look at this, you know, so too often we look at the younger people and wonder either what happened or sometimes we begin to second guess ourselves. We want, you know, and in trying to develop leaders, you know, sometimes a lot of what we're trying to do is help them to avoid the mistakes we've made. And, and in one sense, you know, everyone's going to make their own mistakes, you know, and, and history, what, how's that go? History has a way of repeating itself, I think. Right. Um, and a lot of times because we don't learn history or we don't learn from history, um, you know, you, you look at, you know, looking back for me personally, anyway, I can remember, you know, sometimes going uh, at one point to spend time with my grandfather and grandpa would just, he, he was always talking, always telling stories. And there was a lot of times when I was just like, oh, does this guy ever shut up? Mm. And then towards the end of his life, it was one of those things where I, I wanted to spend time with him. I wanted to hear those stories because I knew I wouldn't have that opportunity much longer. And, and that was, you know, I, I, I kind of kicked myself forever thinking otherwise. And, you know, looking back, I learned so much from his life and from his experiences. And, and a lot of times it, he wasn't just sharing things with me because he thought it was great. There was always a lesson involved. And, 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 you know, sometimes uh, younger folks don't realize that uh, a lot of times these older folks like Richard, when they're talking, usually they have right. an, a, you know, a, a point that they're wanting us to get it's not just, oh, here's a story and it's pointless, it's meaningless. No, there, there's usually a really good point for us to take from it. Uh, and we need to take advantage of that opportunities that we have, uh, you know, while they're here. Well, if I can go back and look at my life, I'll tell you right now, when I was younger, I just see a lot of missed opportunities. Yeah. And, uh, and, and you know, I don't think I'm the only one that can say that. But, um, I, I did pretty good. I think for, uh, in some areas, I think I did pretty good, but in other areas, I think I, uh, what do you mean? Yeah. Mm. Uh, but, uh, you didn't have to agree with that so quickly, <laughs> but you know, the, the scriptures, and, and this is something that I think would be good to point out to people. Um, Solomon, you know, in First Kings 3, when he finds himself going to be a, a king, what does he ask the Lord for? He said he wanted, you know, an understanding mind to govern his people that he may discern between good and evil. That's in First Kings 3 and verse 9. And that's something that very much pleased the Lord because he was looking for things to help him do the work that had been thrust upon him. Uh, he wanted to be able to govern the people. But if you look at, at some of the instructions that, uh, uh, that I know he heard, you know, that are listed in Proverbs, but also, you know, what he'd written in, in Ecclesiastes, you know, he had said in Ecclesiastes 12.1, remember your creator in the days of your youth. And, uh, and then, of course, Proverbs 
uh, in Proverbs 1 and 2, you know, talks about listening in Proverbs 1, hearing your father's instructions and your mother's. And then Proverbs 2, it says, My son, if you receive my words, treasure up my commandments with you, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. Yes, if you call out for insight and raise your voice for understanding, if you seek it like silver and search for it as, hidden, as for hidden treasure, then you will understand the fear of the Lord and find the knowledge of God. And that's that's where I think that uh, at least myself and others, I think, had, had, had uh, missed opportunity. I, I think that uh, we need to listen more as a young person. You need to listen more to the scriptures and what the scriptures are telling you to do as a, as a a person of youth, because you're going to be giving a task later and you need to be prepared for that. Uh, just like Solomon was given a task and, and he, you know, he, he thought he was just ill prepared for it. And so I can tell you right now as someone who is older, that uh, if you're a young person listening, you know, I was young once too. And I did Long get old. Long time ago. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Josh. And anyway, I uh I I, I got older and you're gonna get older too. But you're gonna have to, you know, and this is what this is where the missed opportunity it goes back to Proverbs two and, and verse one and, and what one through five, I think. Uh it said, My son, if if you receive my words and treasure up my commandments. But then he goes on in verse two, it says, making your ear attentive to wisdom and inclining your heart to understanding. There's a lesson right there that needs to be presented. And I mean, there's the if, and there's the uh, uh, treasure, and then uh, making your ear attentive to wisdom, inclining your heart to understanding, uh, calling out for insight, raising your voice for understanding, seeking for it like silver. You got to do these things. And if you're not doing those things, you're missing out on an opportunity. And if you miss out on that opportunity now uh, as a youth, then like Josh was saying, that's going to hinder your ability to serve God later. And you know, that's a sad thing because when you get later in life, you're going to want to serve God. If, if you continue to grow as a Christian, you know, you're going to look back on those days as a missed opportunity. You're going to look back on it as days of regret because you could have done more to be more of a servant of God than you are. And so that's that would be my point to any young person listening is take advantage of the time that you have now to seek out the Lord. And he's there to help you. Uh, but if, if you would do those things that the scriptures teach, then uh, the Lord's going to be with you and help you find those things that are going to enable you to perform whatever task he wants you to perform in this life. Yeah. And, and I think um, there's, a, there's a few examples of men in the scriptures that showed us a few ways to, you know, other than Jesus, other than the patience that he showed with the apostles, I, I, there's two examples that I, I, I look at and think about uh, men who not only showed confidence 
in the young men that they were trying to develop, but took the time to work with them. Barnabas with John Mark, right? I mean, Paul was was saying, no, <laughs> no, you know, he, he done messed up. We're done with him. Let's move on. And Barnabas was, no, no, I'm, I'm, I still have some confidence in him. I still think there's, there's something there. I'm still going to work with him. I'm still going to try and develop him. And what happened later is uh, because of the work Barnabas did and, and, uh, and sticking with being patient and encouraging John Mark, you know, Paul later is like, Hey, send John Mark, you know, he he's good for this, for the work and for what we're doing. And then of course, Paul with Timothy, um, not only, you know, taking Timothy and, and pointing out, you know, the, the faith that is in you, that was once in your, your mother and your grandmother, Lois and Eunice, you know, I, I know was in you too, you know, and, and encouraging him and, and trying to develop him. And we have those letters that he wrote first and second Timothy, um, and how he, he even talked to the Corinthians in first Corinthians 16, you know, that Timothy's going to be coming and, and take care of him uh, you know, because he was he was developing and working with Timothy, and and I think those are great examples for us. If we want to develop leaders, look at what Barnabas did with John Mark. Look at what Paul did with Timothy, and the results that we we see taking place with that. That everyone's going to be different. Those results may not they're not guaranteed, but you know John Mark. Obviously, as as uh, both Richard and, and Josh have pointed out, you know that they were desiring and seeking. Uh, they may have made mistakes, but nevertheless, you know they made their own decisions and and uh, and move forward with it. Uh, but they had folks who were helping them develop along the way. Right. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, you know, Josh, sometimes we think about what are we going to talk about on this program? And Josh threw out, you know, hey, let's talk about developing leaders. And yeah, then we get, yeah, right. <laughs> I was about ready to just turn the show over to Josh from the very beginning. And we're like pulling the string, Richard. We're like, come on, get started. Let's go. Well, I'm giving you an opportunity to. To, to put into practice the patience and the such that we <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, Lord definitely knows I need I need that. <laughs> Thanks, Josh. I appreciate that. Hey, it's my pleasure. It's my pleasure to serve. <laughs> um, I had an idea um in my head and now I've lost it. Um Do you want me to go it. ahead and say something? Go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, for the young person that's listening, you know, one place for you to start is in First Timothy three and Titus chapter one, and look at the qualifications that uh, an elder has to meet. I mean, there it says must. These are qualifications they must meet, and this is something I did when I was a young man, and I didn't do it per se, to be an elder. I'm not an elder, uh, but I thought they were good qualities. I thought those were the kind of qualities that I would like to have 
as an older person. And so I wrote those down on a piece of paper, the, the qualities that an elder has to meet. And then I put it beside my bed. And every night when I went to sleep, before I fell asleep, I'd peek up at the piece of paper and I would look at those qualifications. And then uh, when I woke up in the morning, I did the same thing. And and I tried to uh, think about, in the morning, I tried to think about how am I going to practice these qualities during the day. But at night, I would review and think about how did I you know, use these qualities in my life that particular day. And so th that is something that uh, I would strongly recommend. I think that helps. Now, there's more things that you can do, but, you know, it's a place to start. It's a place to think about and um, be involved in, in seeking wisdom. You need to make sure you're going to church. Make sure you're there when, uh, and, and not just, you know, the, the, the worship service. I mean, you need to be there when they have Bible studies. Uh, you know, the, the, if you got a Bible study on Wednesday night, you go on Wednesday night, Sunday morning, go on Sunday morning. Uh, try to take part in as many Bible studies or opportunities to hear the gospel preached as you possibly can, because that's going to help you learn. And on the internet right now, there's a whole bunch of teachings that you can get access to. Uh, take advantage of that. That wasn't there when I was a young man. Uh, I could show you what I had to go through in a word study. <laughs> you know, when I was a young man, if I tried to remember a verse, I, I'd had to pick up at a concordance that was so thick, and it, it took a lot of work. It took a lot of effort just to find a particular verse. Well, now I can just type in a few words in Google, and it'll pop up. So, you know, take advantage of all these things that are there and uh, uh, start working toward knowing God's truth and, uh, and applying these things, not just knowing them, but applying these things and, and start thinking about the very things that uh, you need to be doing to become the man that you want to be. Uh, we are going at Berean Spirits, and uh, we haven't got it. We tried it, but... Uh, uh, we're going to try to interview certain people for our shows when we can't be on the air together, uh, where we're interviewing different Christians who've been successful in Christianity, who've uh, served in some capacity, and who can share with us and give us some insight into what helped them in, in their service to God. And uh, uh, we have one scheduled uh, to come on here not too much uh, longer. I'm not sure when that's going to be, but we, we're working toward that. Be looking for that. Uh, you know, th that's, that's a good opportunity for you to, to listen to someone who's older and who's been through the mills, who's going to help you uh, share with you some pearls of wisdom that will enable you that, to use, to apply to your life, so that you too can get to where they're at someday. And so be watching for that. I think that's going to be particularly helpful. Uh, Chris Kramer writes in, yes, the qualities for elders and deacons are good qualities for all Christians. Like Proverbs 31 are good qualities for all Christians, not only women. 
Yeah, that's a good point. With the exception of the marriage and the children, um, the characteristics of the the of an elder are characteristics that you can see uh, encouraged for all Christians throughout the New Testament. So, uh, Josh, go for it. Um, if you looked at the our society, where our society is at right now, um, going back to that illustration at the beginning, as far as the the young men being aimless and and whatnot, you look at the, the breakdown of our society, the fact that we've got young men or people, you know, filled with prisons, filled with, with criminals. Uh, a lot of that stems from the fact that they didn't have a father figure at home. A lot of the turmoil in our society today comes from the fact that fathers are not being fathers. They're not leading their number one. They're not around. Uh, number two, they're not leading their families and their children in the ways that they ought to. And, and that's got catastrophic effects upon society. Catastrophic effects. And as Christians, the role of leadership within the family is not an option. It's not optional. God says you are to lead your family. You are to train up your child in the way that they should go. And I think part of the problem there is we, we want to just tell them what to do. You need to go to church. You need to believe this. You need to believe that. Whereas instead, we need to teach them to know and to love the Lord. Teach them to have a relationship with their creator. And that, I think, is going to make the difference. Certainly, they still have to make a choice for themselves, but... Uh, but if we just tell them what to do instead of why, I think there's a there there can be a breakdown there somewhere. Uh, but if we teach them to know and to love God and to and that you know that's what life is all about is being faithful and loving and and serving God with all of your heart, uh, you're setting them up for success. And if we had more parents like that, even in the Lord's church, I think we could see a big difference in the 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 younger folks that seemingly fall away by the masses anymore um, mm-hmm. we need that that strong faithful leadership of, among fathers and that's going to transition then to have strong faithful christians and men who grow up to be strong and faithful shepherds of the lord's people yeah absolutely as we kind of wind down uh, our program, you know, this, this is a, not only a vital and important subject, there, there's so many different ways to approach it, you know, whether it is from what the, the role and the responsibility of those who are younger and the role and responsibility for those who are mature and, and older, you know, as they, you know, um, the teacher and, and the student, the, the disciple, um, there's different ways we can look at this. And sometimes we just need to examine ourselves and find out where are we in the, in, in our life. Um, We should, we're all still disciples. Obviously we're all still learning, developing, growing, but you know, what are we doing to help bring others along? And so with that kind of thought in mind, um, I'm going to throw it to you first, Josh, for some last thoughts on um, you know, the, that, that uh, dynamic, I guess, uh, of where we are in our lives. 
Well, I would say in the world in general, we're sorely lacking good, solid leadership. Mm-hmm. But in the Lord's church, we're lacking solid, faithful leadership. And we need godly men to stand up and to be leaders. And then we need to be teaching our young people to rise up to be leaders. Yeah. And I think those are some vitally important tasks that we must not neglect or else yeah. there will be even more severe consequences in the Lord's church in years to come. Absolutely. Richard, last thoughts. You know, it wasn't very long ago. I was talking to an individual about uh, why they're not serving as an elder. They're qualified. They weren't serving as an elder. And, and you know, they, they were reluctant based on, certain aspects of, uh, where they're, what they would be facing. And I reminded them, uh, you know, that, that this is a work and, you know, they just, for some reason, they forgot that, that very point that this is a work. Christianity is a work and it's something that means you're going to have to put forth some effort. And I think when we're talking about lacking leaders, we're going to have to, first of all, we're going to have to understand, we're, we're going to look for people who are willing to put their hand to the plow and not look back. Mm-hmm. You have to be willing to work. And that willingness to work starts at a young age. And then not only does it start in getting yourself qualified, but it continues on in being willing to serve and even in serving work doesn't quit. We're not going to enter into the rest until, until Jesus takes us into that rest. Uh, we're here to serve God. We're here to work. And so that's the one thing that I would like to emphasize to the youth and to the old is that if there's, there's no, there's not supposed to be any peace in Christianity on this earth. Okay. There's not, you have to accept the fact it's work and you got to put forth an effort. Folks, we appreciate everybody tunes in and listens on Berean spirits, both our Facebook and YouTube channels. Um, If you're on one and not the other, be sure and and go to, if, uh, if you're not on YouTube and subscribe there, go there and check it out uh, as well and hit that subscribe button. Help us out to spread the word uh, on both the YouTube and the Facebook. We appreciate the comments that come in as well. And uh, be sure and listen for the podcast also on Spotify and Google Cast as well. Until next time, folks. Oh, real quick, Richard, next yeah. week is Thanksgiving. <clears throat> what's all right so uh not sure we're we're gonna be on next week because we're all gonna be with family and and uh, let everybody else as well but uh that's that's the way it goes so um but anyway uh appreciate everybody and until next time remember to search the scriptures with berean spirits well folks that's all for today don't worry Lord willing, the guys will be back next week for another Bible study on Berean Spirits. 
Until then, let the guys hear from you. Drop them some email at koreanspirits at gmail.com. They'd love to hear from you. Until next time, keep studying that Bible.